G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, each week we do like to update breaking news as it's coming out of Israel and the Middle East. Normally we'd have our segment these days with Ron Ross on a Wednesday, but tomorrow is actually a special day. It's the Open Doors One With Them Day, and we'll be standing in solidarity with those in the persecuted church. But we don't want to miss an update on what's happening, breaking news in the Middle East, so we're bringing that just back to a Tuesday, and Ron Ross is back with us. Ron, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Hey, Ron, these headlines, so important, so many listeners encouraged when they hear what's going on in the Middle East following the ups and downs, the political turmoils. Let's start with one of the headlines about a bit of political turmoil and change. And Benjamin Netanyahu, the former Prime Minister, eyeing a comeback as the government loses its majority. What's the headlines report? Yeah, I'd say there's plenty of attention being given to this Former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is suddenly the favourite to mount a comeback after current Prime Minister Bennett lost the majority he needs to hold his coalition together with a key defection last week. Government whip Edith Silman announced she's quitting to form a new government, causing the ruling coalition headed by Prime Minister Bennett to lose its majority. Silman, who's a member of Knesset in Bennett's Yamina party, chose to defect after she clashed with Israel's health minister over his order to hospitals to allow visitors and patients to bring in non-kosher for Passover food known as hametz during Passover, thereby contravening Jewish law. Losing its 61-seat majority means the ruling coalition government would require support by the opposition, led by former Prime Minister Netanyahu. Netanyahu was ousted last year after several elections in which right-wing parties won a majority but could not form a coalition because some leaders would not work with Netanyahu, who faced controversial corruption charges. Though the trial is still on, Netanyahu's put up a spirited defence that has exposed the emptiness of much of the cases against him. Bennett's small Yamina party negotiated to lead the Israeli government at the head of a number of parties, including an Arab party, which doesn't go over well very big. (laughs) It's a messy situation, isn't it, politically? Hey, Ron, let's move on. Israel considering stripping benefits from terror families with citizenship. What's this one about? Cabinet says within 60 days of establishment of a dedicated team, a policy will be formulated and is going to include proposals for amendments to current legislation. Bennett said Israel holds families of terrorists with Israeli IDs accountable. We hold the terrorists responsible, but also those who have closer ties with them. Giving state benefits to families of terrorists is utterly absurd, and it's time to right the wrong. The Israel government will continue to fight terrorism with all the means at its disposal, as there are no limitations on this issue. The 
state of Israel will settle scores with anyone who has a direct or indirect connection to terrorism. Uh, Let's talk about an interesting one here. Listeners will relate to Joseph, uh, the Old Testament Joseph, and Israel condemns shocking vandalism of Joseph's tomb as Palestinian rioters torch the site. How does this one look? Two Israelis were shot at the entrance of the city of Nablus, tried to get to Joseph's tomb last Monday, yesterday. Palestinian rioters twice vandalised the site, considered holy to Judaism, Islam and Christianity on Saturday and Sunday night. Prime Minister Bennett on Sunday condemned the overnight vandalism of the religious holy site of Joseph's tomb near the West Bank city of Nablus by Palestinian extremists vowing to bring the perpetrators to justice. Dozens of Palestinian rioters, in a frenzy of destruction, simply vandalised the holy place for us, the Jews. They shattered the headstone of the tomb and set fire to rooms in the complex. And I've seen shocking pictures, he said. We will not tolerate such an attack on the place that's so holy to us on the eve of Passover. And we will find the rioters. We will see to the rebuilding of what has been destroyed, just as we always do. But a joy- other senior officials in announcing that the State of Israel will refurbish and rebuild the site to quickly return it to its original condition. Uh, Ron, we like a good archaeology story and interesting the way that archaeology can shed new light on interpreting the scriptures. And now an ancient amulet with texts on the curses uh, sometimes we'll reflect on the blessings and the curses out of the Old Testament, but it may even change the way scholars read the Bible. Uh, tell us about this latest, uh, this amulet. Yes, I, it'll take weeks to get into it, but a small folded 3,200-year-old lead tablet that was unveiled last week may shed new light on biblical study as we know it. The tablet which was discovered on Mount Ebal in Samaria known as the Biblical Curse Mountain, includes the explicit name of God and the text of a curse, both in ancient Hebrew script. Mount Ebal is one of the two mountains near the city of Shechem in Samaria and forms the northern side of the valley in which the city is situated. Shechem's southern side is bordered by Mount Gerizim. The event at Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, or the event of blessing and cursing, occurred near the entry of the people of Israel into the land of Israel at the beginning of the settlement period after 40 years wandering in the desert. The commandment to hold the event appears in the book of Deuteronomy and the report on how it was carried out is in the book of Joshua. The small lead tablet that was discovered on Mount Ebal was dated to the 13th century BCE, bearing this curse. Arur in Hebrew means a curse, and that the word cursed appeared ten times, and the tetragamon, the four-letter ineffable name of God, usually written in English as YHWH, appeared twice, and it said, cursed, 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 cursed by the God Yahweh, you will die cursed, cursed you will surely die, cursed by Yahweh, cursed, cursed, cursed. Professor Galil from the University of Haifa calls the discovery an earthquake in biblical studies, since the new find unearthed today the earliest Hebrew inscription found so far. 
Before the latest discovery, the oldest inscription in Hebrew was dated to the 10th century BCE. The new finding is a death blow to all biblical deniers, Galil said. Many biblical critics have claimed that in the 13th century BCE, the traditional Jewish timeline where the Exodus is placed, the people of Israel did not read and write. They could not have written the Bible. This is why Bible critics have claimed the Bible was written very late in the Persian or Hellenistic period. According to Galil, the tablet's text represents great proficiency. Anyone who knows how to write a text with a caustic pattern can write anything he said. He said, at this point, unfortunately, it's not yet possible to reveal all the information that has been unveiled as it's waiting peer review and academic publication. Mount Ebal, where the amulet was found, was the mountain on, on from which the curses were called out when the children of Israel made a covenant with God before entering the land of Israel, according to Deuteronomy 11.29. It also changes our timeline for the exodus from Egypt, subsequent entry into Israel. Scholars are at near consensus that the exodus and Israelite establishment in Canaan happened during the 13th century. The conquest would have had to take place at an earlier date, the studies find. Well, isn't that amazing? And no doubt there'll be a lot of scholars around those issues and anyone who's been studying these sorts of things from Bible college days certainly will be interested in some of those things that are developments. And again, when we talk about this sort of archaeology, Ron, an affirmation of the authenticity of the Scriptures and uh, if there are some new things that come to light that alter the way that we interpret uh, dates and times, uh, those things are all positive. Hey, let's finish off. Of course, uh, this is uh, Holy Week. It's the week leading up to Easter. And on Thursday, typically the day that Christians celebrate the uh, Last Supper. Of course, uh, there's this coincidence with the Israelis and their celebration of Passover. But something special here, Ron, an Israeli astronaut's Passover cedar is going to be out of this world. Israeli astronaut Aitan Steeb originally wasn't supposed to be aboard the International Space Station during Passover, but the original launch date of March 30 was delayed so that SpaceX and Axiom Space could complete preparations for the Crew Dragon space capsule carrying Steeb and three other astronauts. The flight was delayed till April 8, which meant thousands of Israelis were glued to live streams of the launch less than an hour before Shabbat began. As planned, Steve, a former fighter pilot, will spend eight days on the space station, 400 kilometres above the Earth, running experiments. The 64-year-old astronaut will also be making a first Passover Seder in outer space, and he's very prepared. In a Zoom conference call with reporters ahead of the launch, Steve elaborated on the importance of the holiday. The Seder... Passover is all about freedom, which is a value we celebrate annually and remind ourselves about the importance of that freedom. According to the Kabad website, Rabbi Konikov of Kabad of the Space and Treasure Coast delivered to Steve a Passover care package that included, among other things, handmade matzah and several small boxes of grape juice that he can drink through a straw. It's important that an astronaut 
What was so much on his mind just three days before the start of his mission is getting matzah that sends a powerful message to every Jew, wherever they are, that should also make sure that we have everything ready for Passover. Rabbi Enkin from United with Israel stressed, what Steve is doing is very commendable. He's showing that a Jew never leaves his Judaism behind. Wherever you go in the world or out of this world, a Jew takes his faith with him. Well, the meaning of what happens when you go through these things is profound and uh, wonderful insight and wonderful headline delivery once again, Ron Ross. And uh, back to normal time next week on a Wednesday. But Ron Ross, thanks so much for sharing these headlines with us today on 2020. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 